What's going on? Ray Woodson with you from Arizona in our makeshift office in the beautiful city of Surprise. Not easy moving an entire house to another state, but uh, we're almost there. And so we've seen a few spring games already here in Arizona as the weather's getting a little bit better. Here's the giant spring in a nutshell. Bruce Bochy still clearing out all the texts from his phone after it blew up last week after he announced that this would be his last season as Giants manager. And the search for his replacement will be on people's minds throughout the season. Although Bochy got rid of one distraction, there's another one that's looming depending on how the team is playing. And the Giants might have a few people in mind, both inside and outside the organization. There's been some talk about Buster Posey being a player manager. I don't see that happening. He's focusing on coming back as a player after last year's hip surgery. It's also a lot tougher to be a player manager now. Uh, a lot more involved, and I don't think he's crazy about the idea of meeting the media after every game. I think the person who gets the job is going to be on the young side and open to lots of input from a front office that's getting into high gear on analytics. As far as the games, here's what you need to know on Sunday. Madison Bumgarner was clocked at 93. That's good news. Presumably his grip is stronger now after last year's freak injury at the end of spring training. A player who's not here and may never be is on everyone's mind, Bryce Harper. Derek Holland said after Monday's start that the Giants would love to have Harper, but could win without him. Yeah, but it'd be nice to try to win with him if you could. The Dodgers are apparently back in the mix, or they were just laying in the weeds all along. The Phillies talked to Harper over the weekend, a visit by the team's owner to Harper's home in Las Vegas. You probably saw the video of the plane landing and taking off on Twitter. For Phillies fans, that's like NORAD and the Santa Tracker. The Giants are still thought to be in the mix. How seriously, we don't know. Is Harper that crazy about the Phillies? Or does he want to be closer to home? And are the Dodgers willing to go back into the luxury tax and sign him long term? That would be the kind of player you would do it for. Maybe the Phillies make a bigger play for Mike Trout down the road if they strike out on Harper. A lot of things we don't know, especially what's in Harper's mind right now. Around Scottsdale, there's a vague hope against hope that Harper would sign with the Giants, but the ballpark in San Francisco and the state of the team might not be a fit. Again, I've taken these reports all along of the Giants' connection to Harper with a grain of salt. Remember, Harper's agent is Scott Boris, who likes to create buzz. He likes to create a market. But this has to be done very soon, hopefully after this podcast drops. In the meantime, the Giants brought in Cameron Mabin, Yanherva Solarte, and Gerardo Parra. That's not going to you know, break the Richter scale, but there are improvements. There are improvements in different ways. Veteran players who can contribute give you a little bit of bang for the buck, and we will hear from Parra in a few minutes. But first... The Giants have a young catcher they drafted second overall last year in Joey Bart. He's the heir apparent to Buster Posey. He's being pushed to San Jose this year. The Giants like to test their top prospects. And he's done nothing but impress people so far. And Joey Bart joins us now on Triple's Alley Report. We're chatting with Joey Bart now on Triple's Alley Report. And from second overall pick last year to going up to the Northwest League and hitting 13 home runs. And then you come to spring training and you hit against Madison Bumgarner right away. So I guess life comes at you fast. Yeah, it came fast, but, you know, it's been it's been a ball. I've been having a great time, and, you know, I'm just lucky that I'm in this position and to work with a bunch of great guys. What does it mean to you when uh, somebody like Bruce Bochy compliments you on the way you're handling yourself, not only behind the plate, but just the whole experience so far? I mean, that's awesome. I, I'm, You know, I'm glad that uh, he thinks that. I think whatever he says, if it's good, you know, that means a lot to me because he's obviously who he is, and, He's a great guy, great manager, so that's awesome. How much interaction have you had with Buster Posey so far? Uh, we have a little bit. We're kind of obviously not in the same groups 
but you know we talk we talk almost daily just you know not always about baseball stuff but it's uh, I'm getting to talk to him a little bit you know just here and there but it's not like an overload what can you say you've learned so far you know I think I'm learning a lot about pitchers and their tendencies as well as catching and you know learning probably the most is like presenting the ball as a catcher and that's been a lot of what we mainly harped on and day and age of catching and you know framing as they call it it's not catching anymore it's framing so um that's really what what we've kind of honed down on is is the defensive side of things well there may be nobody better than buster posey at framing so you got a pretty good guy for that it's kind of funny the way it is you got to sell the call to the umpire that's like part of the deal Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's how it works you know some guys are different some guys want the ball or want the ball moved around some guys are old school and want you kind of to kind of stick it and hold it for them so just kind of kind of figure out with the umpire once and and that's how you can work off of that that's what i figured out so far what was it like to hit against bumgarner to right off the jump oh he's really good i mean it's good to see something like that you know i've never seen a guy that can command pitches where he wants them like that you know obviously that's why he's been so successful so it was actually a lot of fun he's really really good Talking about pitchers' tendencies, you know, Sunday, the first game at Scottsdale, and you're catching a done, and then Tyler Rogers submarining. So that, you, you got the whole gamut there. Yeah, they, <laughs> everyone that came in, I haven't caught. I don't even know their names, you know. So it's, it was an interesting one today. Obviously not how you would have drawn it up, but, you know, I'm glad I kind of got that first one out of the way, and I kind of got some of the jitters out. I felt like I wasn't didn't have too many of them, but, you know, when you have guys that you've never caught before and you don't know what kind of stuff they have, then... You know, it's always kind of mind-boggling to sit there, sit back there, and try to try to fill it all up and get everything right. So, have they told you that they're going to use you a lot here early before you you go to San Jose and their camp? You know as much as I do, so <laughs> I'm just here day to day trying to get have this great experience and try to work as hard as I can and learn as much things as I can. You know, I guess whenever he, he's ready to send me down, that's that'll be that'll be fine as well. So I'm just lucky, like I said, to be in this position and I'm having a good great time. I know you played on a big stage before, but how's it hit you when you go to spring training and there's 9,000 people and people on the berms and so forth watching a spring training game? I think it's so awesome. It's so much fun. Um, I've never, I think I've only played in front of a crowd bigger every year when we played Georgia when I was in college, Turner Field or at SunTrust now, but there usually about 20,000 there, but you know, 10,000 people like this today all screaming, go Giants. I mean, what else do you want? You know, we're in the, I'm in a great position here and I'm having a lot of fun. Is there a catcher that you say you styled yourself after or did you kind of want to create your own identity? You know, I never never saw someone that I really styled my game after. I think that I've just gotten better at receiving as of late. So, no, I, I guess you can say I try to create my own identity as a bigger catcher. Obviously, there's some guys going down to a knee nowadays and I like that I feel comfortable down there so I know like Tyler Flowers does that obviously I don't I don't catch like him he's bizarre back there but I guess he's really good with it so it's a bigger catcher you know you just got to find the ways to to get down there and get lower and try to steal strikes for your pitcher I guess one of the lessons you know even if you've got a guy like a Dunn who's throwing 101 a guy can hit it out at 105 when they're at the major league level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone is expecting that, but it happens. You know, he was great, obviously. I don't think, you know, the fifth inning on, that's the only run that scored, and it was off one swing. So if we can do that every time, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So what are your expectations here? I mean, you kind of got on the radar in the Northwest League when you hit 13 home runs, and now they're kind of pushing you to San Jose, and they like to do that. You know, they like to test players. So what are your expectations for, for high A ball and, and this year? You know, I don't really have any. I'm just going to go into, you know, playing as hard as I can, doing the right things, and 
you know, I know if I can keep my head straight like like always and just go at it full speed and if I can do that then everything's going to take care of itself so I try to take things day by day I'm not really thinking ahead to to San Jose or wherever they send me but you know when that time presents itself it's going to I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun it's just you know the same game in a different city in a different state so well, that's a good way to handle it. And you got an old bullpen coach as your manager down there in San Jose. Oh, yeah, Billy. He's awesome. That's my favorite guy, obviously, since I've been drafted. I got to know him a little bit uh, when he was our coordinator last year. And I've been waiting for him to pop his head in around here. But uh, I haven't seen him yet or heard from him. But I'm excited. You know, he's gonna, he's a great guy. He knows a lot about the game. And he's been, he's been around here for a while. So it's going to be great to learn from him. Well, you'll see enough of him soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Joey, good luck this year. All right, thank you. That's Joey Bart on Triple's Alley Report. So Baseball America calls Bart another potential franchise cornerstone catcher a la Buster Posey. However, they call his hitting tool below average at present with average potential. That doesn't sound like a franchise cornerstone catcher. They say he could be a rich man or a poor man's Mike Zunino. That sounds lukewarm to me, but that's just one opinion. Coming up, a former first-round pick who's gone through the grinder, but at 25 still has the potential to be much better than hamburger meat anyway on the mound. All right, friends, as you well know, life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing that you've taken the steps to protect your family, and in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind mine for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance should not cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance could be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to getethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. Getethos.com. Getethos.com. When Tyler Beatty was drafted by the Giants in the first round in 2014, we wanted to continue the tradition of interviewing the Giants' first rounder on our radio show, as we had with Christian Arroyo, Chris Stratton, and Kyle Crick. Turns out Beatty was prepping to pitch a tournament game for Vanderbilt, which ended up winning the College World Series. So needless to say, he's been on a big stage. Five years later, we finally catch up with him. And it seems like it's been several baseball lifetimes and pitching style changes for Beatty. He comes to Scottsdale with a new approach that involves advanced technology and analytics, but on the mound, it's simplified. And Bruce Bochy called him the shining star in Sunday's outing against the Cubs. Yes, it's a brief outing in February in spring training, but sitting behind home plate, I can tell you that Beatty had the kind of stuff that made you stand up and take notice. So he was in a good mood when we talked to him Monday morning in Scottsdale. All right, on Triple's Alley Report now, we're chatting with Tyler Beatty, who we saw Sunday, had a nice outing. I was actually sitting right behind home plate, and just from my point of view, it looked like you were thrown free and easy. You had a good snap on your curveball. I think you were clocked at 97. Here it is February. That's got to be a good feeling to come out of the gate like that. Yeah, I've just been encouraged with the way that the ball's coming out. Worked hard this offseason. Obviously, was motivated to work on things that I needed to work on, clean up some things, and so just excited to, to see it translate on the mound and in games, and so just something to build off of. I think where I'm at right now is a good, good starting point for me, and so I'm happy that I'm feeling good. 
what are you looking for at this point of the season? I mean, you know, it's so early, but is it, you know, just a certain motion on your pitches? I mean, I know you've made some adjustments, but what are you looking for? I want to compete, man. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for out of myself every pitch. I want to make sure that I'm out there convicted in each pitch I'm throwing and that I'm competing. You know, I think there's certainly times in the past where I've gone out there on the mound, whether it's spring training or even in season, and I'm analyzing, I'm mechanical, and I'm not competing. And so, really, that's been my biggest focus. I, I worked on a ton this offseason, and even in bullpens, I can continue to work on stuff. But when I'm out there on the mound, it's just about competing and trying to get that guy out. It's interesting because I read the story in The Athletic about all the analytics you go through, the adjustments you made, you know, your grip on the four seam and things like that. I mean, there's a whole lot of thought process going into it. But the end result is you're trying to keep it simple on the mound, it seems. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think there's certainly a time to be analytical and use those technology that we have around here, whether it's the, whether it's the slow-motion cameras, whether it's the Rapsodo, the track net spin rate stuff. There's a time and a place for that. And in this offseason, it was super beneficial for me. And even just seeing game report and stuff and reading guys' swings. But like you said, when, when I'm on the mound, it's just about keeping it simple and going out there and competing. It's been a real struggle the last couple of years, obviously. Yeah, but, you know, you can learn things from that. I guess you learned a lot from this last yeah. year or two. Yeah, you do. Like you said, you learn a lot from, from the adversity that you go through. And so I learned what I needed to do, and now it's taken me some time to uh, to get to the point where I'm at now. But I feel like I'm throwing the ball better than I've ever thrown it. Now it goes back to high school, college, when I felt like I was throwing the ball well. I'm throwing the ball better than I have before. And it took going through those years of ups and downs, of, of tinkering, listening to what other people had to say about my delivery. But when it comes down to it, I'm my best pitching coach. And I know what I need to do to get my body and my my mind right for the game. And so it's taken those, those trials and that adversity. But now I'm at a place where I feel convicted in what I'm doing and confident in what I'm doing. You said I'm my best pitching coach, and that's something that I think a lot of young pitchers have to learn because you get a lot of voices in your ear, don't you? I mean, you know, you're in one organization. There's some young pitchers out there who go through a couple of organizations. They hear a lot of different things. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to trust yourself after a while. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there's no disrespect to the, the staff you're around, pitching coaches. Everybody here is very knowledgeable, and you can you can learn a lot from them. And there's a time and place to listen to what they're saying and implement it into your game. But when it comes to mechanics, when it comes to knowing what you want to throw, uh, when it comes to just your confidence, it's got to come from yourself. And nobody knows you the way you're feeling. Nobody knows the way the adjustments that you need to make more than yourself. And sometimes you need a different set of eyes on you to tell you from a different perspective. But when it comes down to it, when you're out there on the mound, you're by yourself, and it's all about between your ears, what's going on, what who you're trusting, and you got to be able to trust yourself out there and be convicted in what you're doing. One of the adjustments you did make was with the grip on your. Four seam, and maybe you could explain that a little bit and how that's helped you. Yeah, I think the, so. I changed the grip of my four seam and my curveball, and so my four seam really just brought my fingers together, and uh, instead of being spread apart, and I think it's given me the ability to stay true through the baseball to create more backspin and ride the zone. It's allowed me to command the fastball better than I've ever commanded it, and then my curveball, it's almost six or seven miles an hour harder simply because I changed the grip on it. I throw a spike curveball now instead of a one finger curveball. I don't know, man. It's just some of those adjustments, whether they're you can see it with the naked eye or not. They've they've made a huge difference in my command, and my delivery, and my confidence. And so I'm certainly thankful that those things have come together at this time of my career. Yeah, that just what jumped out to us yesterday. And I saw you pitch in the minor leagues a couple times, and just you know, getting the vantage point behind home plate, we did yeah. did see those things you're talking about. But what are you looking for as far as 
your role this year? Does it matter to you whether you're coming out of the bullpen, whether you're opening, whether you're starting? What's your attitude toward that? Yeah, I'm the guy who just wants to contribute to the team. I think so in terms of my role, it does matter to me just because I want to be in a position to contribute to this team. Now, if it's out of the pen, if it's starting, that's something that is really up to the staff. The only thing I can control is the way I go out there and compete. And so, yeah, I would like to start. I think they would like me to start. I would like to start for a long time, and so I think I have the ability to do that. And so for me, just kind of dwindling down my repertoire to just three pitches now instead of five, I think it's given me the ability to just throw those three quality pitches and and throw them in any count, any situation. I think the last pitch yesterday, was it a change? I I could be wrong about that, but... You, ha- you got the change, you cut the curve. Oh, when, uh, well, yeah, when Renee threw the guy out, it might have been yeah. a, a change up down in the zone. Yeah, I th- yeah, blocked it and then threw him out. Yeah. As they say, you know, with a, a guy who's a reliever or a starter, you got to expand your repertoire to start, but you're actually contracting it. <laughs> yeah, I've done both. Yeah, right when I got drafted, I expanded it, went sinker cutter predominantly and had the curveball and change up. And as the years have gone on, I've mixed in a couple, taken out a couple, mixed. And so it's really just, it's taken away from my ability to throw my best pitches more often, which mm-hmm. it seems simple, but at the time it just didn't seem that simple. So yeah, I, I need to throw my curveball and change up way more. And so for me, just taking away other pitches that are going to allow me to throw and use those pitches more. Is there a guy on the staff that you're close with that you you know you hang out with that you kind of go back and forth and exchange ideas? Yeah, I talk to all these guys, man. Suarez, Rodriguez. I talk to everybody on the staff as much as I can just because of the experience that they have. Of these young guys who went up last year and got the pitch for basically a full year in the big leagues, you can learn a lot from them. And so, yeah, I mean, we all try to stick together as a staff and build off of each other, whether it's the new guys coming in or, or what not staff's got to be close-knit we got to build off each other one through five every five days and so you know whether it's guys who are starting in triple a guys who could be coming up halfway through the year everybody's going to need to contribute at some point this guy in the locker next to you definitely uh, jumped up last year Derek rodriguez and uh, you know he kind of kept it simple and he just he doesn't mess around he he goes out there and he fires exactly right man he's all about consistency he he goes out there every day you know what you're going to get from him and he's got kind of that poise composure mindset to him and and he competes man so it was fun to watch last year, just seeing the way he grew and stayed consistent and then was able to go up, contribute, and dominate for us in the big leagues. It's awesome. And he's the same guy, man. He's, he's super humble, great teammate, and fun to be around every day. Is young Beta still around? He's, he's not around. He's not around. No, my, my head's been down. I'm a baseball player full-time okay. and a husband. But, yeah, so he, he's retired for now, but maybe after baseball he'll come out. Okay. Well, baseball can give you a lot of lyrics, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of depressing lyrics sometimes, but <laughs> no. Baseball has been a tremendous platform for me to to do different things. But I think for the most part, it's it's just given me the ability to do what I love and uh, do what I'm passionate about. Well, you're going in the right direction and continued success this year. Thank you so much, Ron. Appreciate it. All right, that's Tyler Beatty on Triple's Alley Report. Salary Report. We're chatting with Gerardo Pararo, one of the uh, newest Giants. I got to tell you, I always felt like you would be a Giant. I've been covering this club for a long time, but you seem like the kind of player that would fit in there. I don't know if that thought ever occurred to you because you've been in the National League West a long time. But did you ever think this was like a good match for you? You know what? I want to say thank you for what you say. But yeah, I'm true for that. I'm happy for that. I want to one day play in here. I'm here right now. That's a great organization. That's a great organization. Great player. The best manager right now. So I'm so happy they put in uniform. 
try and play in the in the San Francisco. So I try to do my best in here. You've always played well against them too, and I mean you're one of those rare ball players who has a good batting average at this ballpark at Oracle. I think it's like the second highest of all your all the ballparks you played in. There's not a lot of guys who can say that. That's a tough hitters park. Why do you think it works for you? You know what? It's it's really tough. It's really tough. The weather, the stadium. But like I say, under plays, try to put in the ball and play. Try to put in the ball and play. I know it's sometimes too many wind, too many cold. But just try to hit into the middle, try to hit in hard. I know, I know it's, a, it's not a easy, but I got a good number in there, so yeah. I'm so happy and play every day right now and there. Well, you're more of a gap-to-gap hitter, right? You're a line-drive hitter, so, I mean, that can work at this ballpark. You're not, uh, being a left-handed hitter, you're not going to get robbed of a lot of home runs and triples alley. Yeah, I don't want to try too much. Like I say, I'm the, you say that I'm the line-drive gap hitter. Sometimes I hit a homer, but like I said, it's putting in my mind, just try to hit a good pitch, try to hit in the gut, try to uh, work in my set, depend on the situation, if I got main first, main second, main third, how many out. So that's the kind of play we have. I have it. One of the things you got to be to play outfield at that ballpark, too, is have a strong arm. That's always been one of your calling cards. I mean, is that something you always naturally had, or you tried to develop a strong arm, or how'd that work out for you? You know what? I'm working hard. I'm working hard for that. I know how I'm not to not believe but like I say, it's, a, it's not an easy play outfield in San Francisco. It's not an easy, so I need to work a little bit more. I need to stay more focused because the ball moves a lot. But like I say, I'm preparing myself for that, and I try to do my best for my team. We've got California. I know how to party in the background here, but you played a lot on the West Coast, so you're pretty familiar with the ballparks and you know what you got to do to succeed here. Yes, I know. I play a lot of games. But I think it's way different when you play more. When, so yeah. sometimes we had the wins different. Sometimes maybe I play more gap, I play more in the line. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a one I feel in, uh, when we play in the season. What do you think about playing for the Giants and Bruce Bochy's last year? Happy, happy because that, that's my dream, play with him, play the manager with him. I, uh, I'm surprised when they say that. I think we, everybody try to do the best uh, to before they retire when I know the championships. So... That's it, I, that the great opportunity to, to put in 100% for him. So that's what we try to work in right now in the spring training to do the best in the season. Let me ask you this question, and you don't have to answer it, but I know you're from Venezuela, and I, do you communicate with your family a lot back there? I know it's, it's a lot of trouble there right now. Yeah, you know what? My family is good. My, my family is safety in this. I know it's a, it's a, it's a lot of problem, but I hope so. I put in my heart. We're different soon. We're different soon. It's, it's just only, like I said, to my family, my friends, or my Venezuela, just stay together. Stay together, stay positive, and this, the, the country changed soon, and, and I love you so much. And there are quite a few ball players from Venezuela in the major leagues. Is that kind of a fraternity, and you kind of support each other and try to support your families back home? Yes, yes. That's, we try to do that. We try to do it together, and even in here. Sometimes, it's, sometimes we play baseball. Play baseball, putting my, my heart in Venezuela. But like I said, I don't want to think nothing bad. I want to think everything is positive, everything is fine. Because if you want to think bad, I can play baseball. So everything is fine, everything is good, everything is positive right now. All right, well, hopefully uh, a lot of good things this year. You've been getting a lot of knocks at uh, Oracle Park over the years. We're looking for a few more of those this year. Thank you, thank you. I tried, uh, like I said, I'm trying to do my best. I'm trying to help the team win. And like I said, I'm the player I put in every day my, my heart. My, I think like 500%. So I'm so happy to be here. I say thank you to, to the fans. And we got a good year this year. All right, muchas gracias. De nada.
Well, who's against California love after all? I know I bought a place in Arizona. Makes me sound like a hypocrite, but I'll never totally leave California. We'll be bouncing back and forth between the Sonoran Desert and the Bay Area throughout the season. 500% from Gerardo Parra? That would be awesome. I'll take 300. Parra is one reason that this 25-man roster is better than last year's. There's no doubt about it. It's deeper. That doesn't necessarily get them into playoff contention, but you can say they got better. They got better in run prevention. They got better in outfield defense. They got better in versatility. They've got some depth in the pitching staff. That's not a rebuild. That's a do-the-best-you-can-with-the-cards-you've-been-dealt scenario during a bridge year. They still need some outfield help. They need some better performances offensively from some guys who've done it before but dropped off in the last year or two. Listen, nothing broke their way last year. So if a few things click into place this year, it's not crazy to say the Giants could be a surprise team. Now, what does that mean? For some, that would mean being decent. That would be a surprise. But you look at them last year. They were 45-40 and 40 at one point of the season. They were at 500 late into the season, and then they fell off a cliff in September with a lot of players being hurt going uh, under the knife. Uh, they need a few guys to get healthy this year and contribute more than they did last year. There's no doubt about it. But I could see a scenario where they are a few games over 500, where they are a little bit better at run prevention, where the offense is slightly improved. They score four runs in a few more games, and that gets them more wins because that, again, is the bar for them. Score four runs. Uh, that's within their grasp. It's not a high bar, not a terribly high bar. But that is the best-case scenario right now is to stay on the cusp of wild-card contention going late in the year and keep people interested. Pending further moves. All right, thanks to Gerardo Parra for joining us, as well as Joey Bart, who, if he makes it to San Francisco with the Giants, he's got a built-in endorsement with the transit system. And thanks to Tyler Beatty, who has, by the way, said goodbye to the rapper Young Beta for now. He might make an appearance if Beatty establishes his major league career. So... Uh, You can hang on for that. We'll be back from Arizona next week on Triple's Alley Report.